Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where we read every chapter on Viz's website in Shonen Jump, as well as something else. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read volume two of One Punch Man. As One we Punch! As we continue just reading stuff we already read that we want to. And speaking of that, there's a whole bunch of stuff in Shonen Jump this week, so we should probably start right with that, huh, Kevin? Sure. So first we have My Hero Academia number 242, the title of which is a spoiler and a reveal. Yeah. Which My Hero Academia likes to do from time to time. It starts out with a meeting of the UA teachers and how public safety is basically demanding that all the students do work studies. And it's very blatant that they just want more bodies out there, even though there are a ton of heroes. Yep. Well, it's kind of filling both things of like, well... We want the kids to be more prepared because we're in this danger situation. And we also need more people out on the streets because we're in this kind of danger alert level. So it's like, ah, they're killing two birds with one stone. But it's like they mentioned public relations is basically demanding that this happens without they're still being nice about it, though. Yeah, it's it's soft pressure, but it's still pressure. Yep. And also... The principal is talking to All Might in, you know, video phone. Right? Yes. You talk to real people and not just happens in movies, yep. even though it's a real technology now. And he's like, hey, are you coming back to say hi to Midoriya? And All Might's like, oh, is Midoriya in trouble? And he's like, no, do you know what day in December it is? Because it's Christmas. The yep. snow's coming down. Christmas. Oh, I won't hurt you with any more song. And... All the people in the UA dorm are celebrating Christmas. They're all dressed up as Santa, except Bakugo, who the girls keep trying to force to dress up as Santa. Yes. They're, like, trying to stealth a hat on him. I really like Ida has taken it to a whole new level where he's also wearing the wig, or, like, the beard wig. Well, yeah, because he doesn't take anything half-ass. Yep. He full-asses everything. (laughs) Yes. Including dressing up as Santa. And they're all talking about where they're going to go for work-study. Ochiko and uh, Asui are going back to the agency they were with in the last work-study arc. Yep. But Midoriya can't because Night Eye's agency is too busy with his passing. Yep. So he doesn't know where he's going to go. People are asking Bakugo if he's going to go back to Best Genist, and we get some flashbacks to him and Best Genist talking about what Bakugo's name should be and how Best Genist doesn't want to come back until he decides on a good hero name. Yep. Well... Plus, we know from the sidelines that uh, Best Genist is... Dead question mark. Dead question mark. (laughs) Out of commission in some fashion, probably. Probably. Or just lying real low, but... Yeah, but that's what I mean by out of commission. Like, even if he's not dead, Hawks must have... So, either Hawks killed him, which, wow, dark, or Hawks convinced him that he needed to lay low for a little bit while he continues his infiltration. So, either way, he's not going to be around. Yeah. And Bakugo and Midori are just like, well, I guess they'll put us somewhere because it's mandatory. Yep. And it ends with a really cool cliffhanger of Todoroki coming up and be like, hey, if you guys don't have anywhere to go, let's hang out with my dad. Yep. Let's hang out with the real number one. Or it's the new the number one. one. Yeah, the number current one. number one. Oh, which is really exciting because I really have liked Endeavor's like, character development over the past, I guess, couple of years of the manga. Yeah. Since he's trying to be a good dad. Yep. And, like, Todoroki, Bakugo, and Midoriya are the guy, the crew to me. I mean, yes. Ochiko should come too, but other yep. than that, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the rework study programs. Also, there's a funny joke with Eri dressed up as Santa, and she doesn't understand what Christmas is. She's like, yep. trick or treat, and like, close? I colored these eggs. <laughs> Colder? <laughs> yep, what was it? She does one other thing. That that's the wrong holiday. I don't remember. I know you're right because rule of three, but I, those are the yep. two that stick out. Th- those are the two that stick out. And then there's a great full panel shot of everybody celebrating over dinner with Ari there as well. Yeah, it was just it was a really good shot. It was like really fun. Like ah yeah, everybody's back. We're done with this stupid villain arc. <laughs> hey, the villain arc will probably be good in the anime. I hope. <laughs> No, it, it's just, it's it's been a while, and it wasn't my favorite arc, so. No, it might be my least favorite My Hero Academia arc, to be honest with you. Um, That's probably fair, but like I think. Brava's not great, but it has a really good ending and a good hook there, and yeah. it's also very brief. Yep. Although I guess this was pretty brief, too. When you think about it, yeah. But 
I think this will look better in retrospect when we start seeing the fruits of it, but like having to quote unquote slog through it has kind of made me just like, all right, good, we're back. Because the main thing that La, La Brava arc had was, you know, Deku and the <laughs> other the other UA students still in it. Yeah, and, you know, cool <laughs> trying to form a band and <laughs> Yes. All sorts of good stuff, yeah. Plus YouTube pranks. Everybody loves a YouTube pranks. Yep. Which brings us to Demon Slayer Chapter 173, The Path of Opening a Steadfast Heart. Steadfast Heart, rather. So basically, they're just continuing to fight the Upper Moon one. Yep. There's some really good drawings because, hey, it's Demon Slayer. Yep. The Stone Hashira has unlocked the inner sight thing that Tanjiro unlocked in his fight against the Upper Moon 3, and that the Upper Moon 1 apparently uses all the time. Yeah. He, like, unlocked it in the middle of the fight, so, like, that was a cool bit, especially because the Stone Hashiro is blind. I had forgotten this part, but he's recently shown up in the anime, and I remembered, I was like, oh, yeah, he's blind. Like, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and the Hashiro, or the Upper Moon one's like, well, I have to finish all three at once now to end this before they get too strong. Yep. Well, he's he's still kind of, like, disappointed about it, though. He's kind of like, aw, like, I, I have to kill them all because they they won't become demons. But, like, I hate killing such capable opponents. And then Scar Guy, whose name I can't remember, takes his shot. Although it looks like the bullet gets deflected. It's actually one of my criticisms, especially I thought characteristic he for Demon Slayer. I thought he it's, hadn't taken the shot at all. Okay, I found the last panel really hard to read. Same. I, th- I think the last panel was the cliffhanger. So the Mist Hashira has managed to he managed to slip through a bunch of attacks and stab the Upper Moon One like through the chest, and he's holding him in place because they had come up with this plan where the scarred guy was going to shoot the Upper Moon One with his uh, apparently now super powered double barreled shotgun. It's like got a bunch of demon eyes on it and is covered in some kind of like growth. But what the way I read it was is there was a bunch of hesitation because the Mist Ashura is still in the way. And so I thought it was that he hadn't taken the shot and then the Upper Moon 1 started attacking the okay. Mist Ashura. Maybe you're right. Um, That makes sense to me too. Yeah, that was the way I had read it was that the, the shot had been deflected but that he hadn't taken it yet. And like the cliffhanger was the Upper Moon 1 starting to attack. Okay. So we'll see what happens next chapter. Okay, yes, for Demon Slayer, very rarely do you get that sort of ambiguity. Because its strength is how well it does action. Yeah. Which brings us to Mission Yak- Yoz- uh, Mission Yozakura. Y- yeah, I was looking right at it. Mission Yozakura Family, Mission 3, which name I didn't write down. I don't know why. We'll fix it in post. Maybe. We won't. You know we won't. You do post. Yes. <laughs> I, I won't put it in the podcast, but it will be in the show notes. True. I didn't like this chapter near as much as last week. It's fine, but I don't want to say it's more serious because clearly there are a bunch of jokes in it. But I don't feel like they're nearly as well-constructed as last week's chapter. I still it's, really like this chapter. It's also like some pretty cliche shonen stuff of he has to move in with the family, which I read is convenient because his house got blown up last chapter, but apparently they forgot that, or he got real good house insurance because yep, uh, his house seems fine. But he moves in, and of course the mansion is filled with deadly death traps to train you constantly. Yep. But if you defeat all the traps, then just like in a video game, they will all turn off. Yep, because the all the he's like until the house accepts you, because the house is controlled by a computer that controls all the traps. So once you clear all the traps, the computer can accept you, and you can turn them on or off. Like you can still leave them on for training if you want. Yeah, Taiyo is basically told it'll take him like a year at least to do it, but he does it in a month through shonen perseverance. Yep, and cheating. And cheating. It's only a little cheating. Yeah. Also, he gets a cool How to Break Codes book, because the, one of the traps is that the food gives you diarrhea, and the bathroom has a code that changes every 10 minutes on it. Well, it's not that one of the traps is the food gives you diarrhea, it's that the food is constantly filled with low levels amount of poison to build up your tolerance to poisons, which has the unfortunate, well, the side effect of giving you diarrhea. Yep. So uh, they're uh, they're performing a Dread Pirate Roberts, where he's slowly ingesting poison to become immune to it. Yes, and they all have before. Yes. I didn't hate it. I just didn't find it nearly as good as last week's. Where, like, last week I actually got excited for this series. 
This week, I'm kind of back where I started, which is, eh. I mean, it's a fine bump in the road to read. Bump in the road is the wrong term, but when I come to it in the manga, it's fine. No, I'm I'm still really liking Mission Yozakura Family. So let's contrast that with Mitama Security Code 2. What's your feelings on that, Kevin? Skip. <laughs> yeah, this this is not... I, I think I like... I know I like this one less than last week, because I didn't even laugh at this one. Yeah. I... Uh, there's a basketball ghost, and he haunts the gymnasium, and Mitama plays basketball against him and beats him by crying. Yep. And he creates a basketball by firing all his life energy in a uh, Hadouken. Yes. And he gets yelled at by all the school teachers for being a creep at a school. Yep. And he continues to just be like hanging out in Raina's life even though she doesn't want him there. Yeah, it's it's just very weird. Yeah, it's it's not good at all. Which brings us to act age scene 80, 14 days left. Which, it's weird that they're trying to create this tension with this countdown clock, given that manga has an infinite amount of time. But whatever. And, and they Manga does that from time to time. You know, it's there's true. X days remain, and it kind of just gives you a sense, like, yes, manga has an infinite amount of time, but it still gives you a sense of time. Maybe it's just that the play seems lower stakes to me than, like, Vegeta arriving or whatever. Like, I understand that that's huge in the lives of these people, and that's, like, I am invested in who's going to do better. Yeah, but like I'm not like oh no they need to train harder to do this play good because I'm kind of invested in both sides and I'm more curious to see how they act and what they do more than who trains in the hyperbolic time chamber of acting better. Yeah, I did like this chapter though. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on Arya, the guy from the arc we started with that we didn't like because we started in the middle of the arc. We started, like, near the climax of the arc, which That's would probably made it even worse. Being worried for Momoshiro and, like, trying to coach her on ways to not get lost in the role, which I still find it hilarious how serious a problem this series treats that as. But I yep. do hear it actually kind of worked for me, finally, Yeah, with him showing concern and her being like, no, I don't care. Yeah. I really like that when he was like, you need to find your, you know, you need to make sure that you remember your place and she was like i don't have one right now i'm currently fighting to make one yeah also there's a bit on the monkey king and the ox king being played by the same actor and them being kind of the same person in the play yeah because there's a bit where the monkey king disguises himself as the ox king to steal the fan from princess iron fan and Arya's like oh this role is perfect for me because of the way i act and like i can act like i'm acting yeah, but, he's like, I'm playing, you know, I'm I'm a dude disguised as a nude playing another dude. Yeah, whereas my counterpart only ever plays himself, so, like, it's actually a huge disadvantage for him. Yep. And that's also interesting, and he's talking to the director, he's just saying, like, every other role I've been in, like, I've made them change the role for me. Yep. And I'll, like, show you what I can do here. Yeah, I, that had me really interested for what Ogami's gonna do. Yeah. And then also we have synergistic marketing. Because the zombie movie that Momoshiro and Kay are going to be in is going to come out at the same time as the play. Yep. And we have this little downer moment of one of the supporting casts for, I don't, I don't remember which team she's a part of, is like, I thought I landed this role on my own merit, but it was only because I was also in Dead Island. Yeah. She was like, oh, like all of the cast was basically in Dead Island. Yeah. Um, then the other person who's in the same boat is like, yeah, but like being lucky is the one part you can't control. Yeah. So just act your, as well as you can, and like this can be your break. Yeah. Grab onto the chance. It's like, oh, I thought I made it on my own merit. I was like, well, I mean, you know, luck is one of your own merits. So even though this feels like a lucky break, take it. Rather than, oh, I thought they finally recognized me, recognized me for my acting talent. I was like, well, the more breaks you get like this, the more likely you are to be recognized. So. Yeah. It was really nice. Which brings us to the Promised Neverland, chapter 149, Duty to Attest. And this has the problem a lot of Promised Neverland chapters have had lately, where it's just, I don't care about these demon characters. Yeah. And, like, Emma was there for a minute, and there's some stuff about Gaylene, who, like, which I find interesting, but... Yeah, I found it really cool that he was such a he was such an awesome lord that his people literally begged him to eat them, so they sacrificed himself themselves to him so that he could maintain his intelligence 
throughout the 700 years of his exile. But that's kind of all that's going on in this chapter. That and, and Suicide he, Bombers. Yes, Suicide Bombers also, but I, I don't care about Suicide Bombers. I oh, n- neither do I. <laughs> I'm just saying bombed. that that was the that was the cliffhanger reveal. Is like all the demons in here are actually Suicide Bombers. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I remember when Promise Neverland was like always at the top of our lists. Yeah, I think it I mean, will swings and roundabouts. Yeah, I was like, I think it will happen pretty soon because we'll start having the conflict between Emma, Ray, and Norman, and which that is where should the, be, yeah, yeah, that should be for. really good. Right yep. now, it's just the the like demon side conflict that we just don't care about. Yeah, which brings us to Samurai Eight, Chapter Seventeen, Kotsuga and Ryu. Which is mostly setting up what's likely going to be the next arc. Either it's going to be the next arc or it's going to be the Tien and Yamcha of this series. I yes. guess we'll see. Because basically they're like, we got the master whose name I can never remember. I can, Daruma. Daruma. I, can, I was going to say, I can imagine the word. Like when I would read it, I can imagine what it looks like. But I can't like <laughs> think of how to say it yep. for whatever reason. Is telling Hachimaru, hey, you got to find all the other keys. But luckily you're a shonen manga protagonist so you have a personal gravity and will attract them to yourself metaphysically and with your personality so it's a good thing i found you first well Um, i think he he more mentioned it that all of the key holders do kind of like it's not like oh thank god i found you it was more like all of the key holders will be attracted to one another so i've got this fancy tool that allows me to recreate the universe that we can use to help create a map to find the other key holders which is pretty cool but first we got to stop for gas and snacks at this space station yes and also you should pr- change your clothes to make you less suspicious of auto so auto won't pick you out of the crowd if we happen to run into him yep uh, the note i have written down is hot chimaru because he puts something on and is like oh yes. um yeah <laughs> anyway i'm gonna be over here now yes which is pretty good also, he buys Anna a souvenir of some sort. We don't know yep. what yet. Because he's like, hey, don't ruin the surprise. Also, there are space bandits. They're Kotsuga and Ryu. Yep. And Duruma's like, we got to fight these spa- space bandits. Because they broke into my ship. Ryu's got a gimmick where he doesn't remember anything until things get serious, including his own name. Yep. There was also a really great bit where, so there's Skinny Hot back when he was still Skinny Hachimaru, and Anna's like, I'll make you anything you want. What what do you what request do you have? Or like what what do you have for a request? And Hachimaru like goes off on like, I want eel and this thing and this thing and this thing. And Anna's like kind of gives him this look of like, really? And then she we see a scene of her uh like staring at a computer screen, basically like looking up recipes on the internet, like, how do I do this? How do I do this? Yeah. And Daruma in the background is going like she is so going to dump you. <laughs> it's very good. It was so funny. I like Ad and Hachimaru a lot. Yes. Which, last but not least, brings us to We Never Learn, Chapter 126. We're flying through it this week. I guess not a lot of detail. Yeah. Not a lot happened in stuff this week. Chapter 126, A Predecessor Stockpiles X in Anticipation of the Big Day. Yep. And it's pretty much cute We Never Learn. I actually did like it. I'm not trying yes, to no, dismiss it. Yes, no, it was it. very funny, very cute. Just like most of the time, I really like this We Never Learned. There wasn't anything amazing about it it was just your standard good we never learn it was basically konami senpai has had unusually high levels of luck for the day and she's like no i'm trying to save it for the test to get good questions so we there's hijinks with her trying to like she spends her luck and then is trying to like do stuff to bring her luck back yeah and anytime you yeah like accidentally falls into her or anything we see this luck meter just dropping yep so then we have a callback to chapter 71 which the author had to write in because i mean admittedly it was like a hundred chapters maybe he's been reading some of them early spider-man comics and he knows the power of editor's notes yep to this hamster that used to bother konami for one chapter he's he's made his way back and she's freaked out of rodents so there's a great bit where she's like studying with him on her head to maintain her high luck levels Yes. Like I said, pretty good, uh, funny, but not anything super special this no. week. This is the fastest we've ever gotten through the chapters, but like we said, just not a lot going on this week. And there are two new series we're reading that don't have a ton. And no One Piece this week. So. Yeah, no One Piece this week, no special chapter like we've had for the past two months, it feels like. Yeah. 
There are only 18 chapters this week, which is less than we've had the last couple. Yep. But we'll talk about all of those in Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump this week from bottom to top. So what do you have down at number 18, Kevin? Mintama Security Busters, or Security Spirit Busters. I can't even remember the title of the thing. I do not like it that much. Yeah, it's really, really bad. And like I said, I didn't even laugh at it this week, but at least I did smile, which is more than I can say for Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Oh, that's which... my number 17. I was just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. We just flipped those two. Okay. I got Tokyo at 18 and Mitama at 17. Again, because Mitama at least made me smile once, where Tokyo Shinobi Squad is like, hey, ninja tools. This guy can't use ninjutsu, but look at this cool kunai with chain. It's Rock Lee mixed with Kuwabara because he's that delinquent look. Yeah, well, which is very common. Yes, Uh, like I'm not saying saying he's Kuwabara, but that's just the... He actually looks almost exactly like Metal Bat from One Punch Man. Yeah, I'm like, like it's that delinquent look, but he's got the exact si- basic. He looks very similar. My exact feeling is like, oh, you made this character just for me. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, Thomas Sakura Reiti also very bad. So yeah, I just I think I mainly put it on the bottom because I was like I really didn't like it last week, and it's like nope, didn't redeem yourself, so it just stayed on the bottom again. What do you have at number 16, Kevin? At number 16, I have Double Taisei. Hey, me too. I don't really remember why. I don't remember Double Taisei this week. Oh, yeah, his rival. And it's yeah. just the exact ending you would expect, for, given the kind of mediocre setup we had last week. Yeah, so they have a fist fight on a dream shogi board. And say it's say again, right? Yeah. I, I don't even remember. Wins. And then apparently his old, the angry guy's old master was watching the match. I was like, excellent. You have found another rival. It's like, I mean, like, aren't you still his rival? Like, he only beat you once. I mean, it's the same problem as last week. It's just continued into this week. And then there's the ending with they're once again at the hot spring and now Haga is showing up. And he's Haga. Yes. But he speaks normally first and then says, I am Haga. It's not in like his I am Haga font either, so. The the yeah the I am Haga oh. is at the end. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, I thought it was not. Anyway, what do you have at fifteen? I have Yui Kamiyo at uh, fifteen. Leave my poor dumb kid alone. I put Yui Kamiyo really high this week. I actually really like Yui Kamiyo this week. Yeah, I for me it's the kind of whiplash into figuring out what it wants to do, and it keeps it keeps vomiting information at me with like basically no reasoning behind it and that's kind of just frustrating me of like none of this feels built up at all it feels like you're really flying by the seat of your pants being like um backstory i need backstory um this i mean i just feel like the emotional beats actually really landed here and i feel like they're finally working up to something this doesn't contradict anything we found out before and that's not like the highest praise or anything but like i feel like this could have been built up since the la- I feel like he could have had this idea 10 chapters ago. And it's not like it's been building to it, but it seems like it's kind of figured out what it is. Well, you definitely have to see going forward. Yeah, it just that's the reason it's low for me is I I do not enjoy your dumb kid. <laughs> just because it's your dumb kid, just because you like your dumb kid doesn't mean I have to. I have Haikyuu at 14 for a lot of the normal reasons Haikyuu goes down there. Like yeah. this game just will not end and it just keeps throwing themes at us. And I hope Haikyuu is like Act Age. When we, we get through this volleyball game that never ends, we will appreciate it more. But Possible. I have Beast Children at number 14. All right. So I got kind of like... Did I, I say 14? I meant 15. You said 15. I, just, okay, I you're, jumped you're to 14. Four, yeah, okay, I jumped yeah. to 14. Gotcha. I got a little confused with the Yuki's thing of trying to become nothingness like 
I just, I like, I understand what they were going for, but it was like, wait, I thought you were trying to outshine your dad. Why are you now trying to not stand out and in not standing out, stand out even more? I mean, I think like it's, I don't want to say that teenage rebellion because it's not really rebellion, but that kind of giving up. I think he's like, well, well, I can't outshine my dad. Even if I was a better player, I would still just like, I can't beat my dad's legacy. Gotcha. So I'm just going to try to like not be seen at all. That's the way I took it. Okay. Which obviously we're not supposed to sympathize with. Yeah, and like I understood that. It was just like it threw me for a loop a little bit. And I'm just I'm not a sports fan, so that's why these chapters tend to constantly go down here is like, eh, just I'm not as much a fan of the beats of sports manga as I am with other ones, even though they're well, some most of the time a lot of the same kind of beat. I have the promise Neverland at 14 cuz I just don't care about these demons, yo. Hmm. I cared a little bit more, but not that much more. <laughs> what do you have at Lucky 13? Lucky 13, I have Haikyuu. Mainly for the joke of the main character being like, man, I want to keep playing, but I'm going to rotate out soon. Wait, if we just co- keep scoring 12 break points in a row, the game will be over and I'll get to play the whole time. Yes! <laughs> and like, I don't understand. I mean, I have an understanding now of how hard a break point is to score, but I was like, I didn't really understand it when it started, but I knew it was like, him being like, oh, well, I mean, if we just keep scoring touchdowns, I never have to leave the field. Yeah. We just have to keep catching these onside kicks. and then Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> I have Mission Yozakura Family at 13. Because, mm-hmm. again, I just didn't super care for this. Like, I didn't hate it. I just didn't have any like strong feelings towards it. He was being really shounen again, and I don't feel like this is where the strength of this series is. And like I said, last week, I felt like the jokes were super on point. So I was disappointed that this chapter seemed like it slipped a bit yeah at number 12 i have chainsaw man and it's mainly because of the passing blade trick that he tried to do with the chainsaw no that that like with the you know the two samurai pass and the one guy oh i've been cut oh no but like you can't silently cut somebody with a chainsaw <laughs> we don't know it's how a chainsaw I, I definitely did not consider that at all when I read that scene. I have Chainsaw Man kind of high this week, too, especially for Chainsaw Man, which is usually not my fave. It was um, mainly for that reason. I was like, because they had a conversation and then he got split in half. I'm like, no, you do not get to do the, oh, it turns out I actually secretly cut you with a chainsaw. A chainsaw is basically a katana, Kevin. Not even close. Where are we? Number 12? Yeah, number 12. I have Beast Children at number 12. I liked it a little bit more than you. I thought the emotional beats landed, which is basically how it got above Mission Yokozura and Promise Neverland, but yep. it wasn't my favorite. So I have Jujutsu Kaisen at number 11. It's kind of interesting, so more power explanation, and Gojo managed to reverse his own death, essentially. And he's like, hey, guess what? I figured out some cool stuff, and we kind of see him use his attack that he had been trying to use earlier in the flashback against one of the dudes when he was like, red glow. Nope, that didn't do anything. So I'm kind of interested to see how this will go a little bit. Also the fact that I'm in, now I'm kind of interested to see how the, like I wasn't, I didn't care about the stakes of, Oh no, will these people die or not? But now I'm kind of interested to see how did the flashback resolve itself? Because clearly the world didn't end. Yeah. so, or you know, did it, and we're in like a weird Shinten Megami situation now. Sure. Probably not, but I have Hell's Paradise at number 11, and I am struggling. The entire time you we were talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, I was struggling to remember what happened in Hell's Paradise that I didn't put it higher. I thought, um, I, I thought Hell's Paradise was really cool. I don't, I don't remember disliking it or anything. I think it's just more of what we've been having. They're trying to run the guy out of energy. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It just didn't do anything special for me. Yeah, I just, I liked the kind of reveal of it, and it's probably because I just, I like the, like, it turned out that they were trying to run him out of energy, and, like, that was their plan the whole time, but I kind of like the science of, like, oh, I noticed that when I was using my, like, fire techniques that your rapid eye responses respond to visual stimulus just like humans, so we were kind of, like, inducing you into this trance state and just using nimpo technique after nimpo technique with a bunch of different cool names and we kind of tricked you into not paying attention to your time limit. So you transformed out of super Saiyan. 
And it is a cool, like, splash page of different ninja techniques, too. Yep. I guess, like I said, I guess the emotional content just wasn't there this week. It's probably why it went lower than other stuff. Gotcha. What do you have at number 10? Number 10, I have Dr. Stone. This was still a pretty cool chapter of Dr. Stone, I thought. Yeah, it's kind of stretching out the cliffhanger from last week, but also it has another cliffhanger, so I guess it's just setting up a lot of different situations to climax potentially this arc. Or if not climax, build up to a yep. big confrontation at least. Yeah. Well, I definitely like that the so Gin Ryu Gin yeah. whatever his name is gets invited to meet the master, and through the series of Doctor Stone shenanigans, finds out that the master is actually a rock. And by that I mean it looks like it's probably going to be like Suya's father or grandfather or something. Yeah. Well, the way I read it is that he's been petrified. Yeah. And then, like, the actual master is the person who comes in is like, hey, you shouldn't be looking at that. Yeah. I I got that. But I just. Yeah. It was nice that it was like, part of me has a thought of, well, clearly someone had this petrification beam and it can't be this kind of youngish dude. So it has me, you know, more interested into, well, clearly this guy took out the master kind of stealthily, I feel like. Okay. And now he's like doing it behind the scenes. That's why he makes the first guy. Test Genryu first. Yeah. Test is a weird word to use because what he's trying to do is gross, but also Genryu's a dude, so it's kind of a funny situation. Yeah, but I was just, I was really interested in that. So I, I still thought it was pretty cool. So did I, and I really like the, is it Kohaku? I can never remember her name. Yeah. Like, again, it's a, just a continuation of the last cliffhanger, but she's yep. about to fight the strong guy who's into her because she's a warrior and she's like well he's probably their best fighter so maybe i should avoid him actually i'm our best fighter so if i can't beat him we're we're screwed screwed, so i should just go for it yep and i also love the like the regular guards go to attack her and he's like what no don't you dare my fight and maybe sex after not yours yeah don't you dare ruin my playground of hot babes (laughs) that's not a literal line but it's close enough I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 10. Yep. Just like a little higher than you. I think most One higher. Yeah. Most of the same reasons I like the setup. I liked how like all this power has kind of put him off his rocker. Yeah. That's a cool idea. And he's like even explaining why that happened. And the other guy's like, um, okay. And then I really like the ending where he does like the giant blast. And the other guy's like, oh, wow. Okay. Now you have my attention. Yep. Well, and then even the even then he's like, huh, then, you survived that. And Goji's like, oh man, um, you're supposed to be on the moon. Yep. So I have Black Clover at number nine. This is kind of a basically mini is continuation of the denouement of the last arc where... I, I feel like it's more setting up the next I, arc, I guess it you're really right. is. It, it's, it's bleeding them together. You're right. Yeah. So it turns out the Wizard King sent some of the Mage Knight captains to go inform the Black Bulls that they have been exiled. And during their exile, they are going to gather more information on the enemy. So it's like, oh, it's killing two birds with one stone where we get asked out of the country, but we also get to appease all the nobles because we're exiling the Black Bulls. Yeah. Also, Nora is now part of the Black Bulls, including her own cool cloak. Yeah, and that's a good scene where she's like, no, I shouldn't. Like, no, (laughs) have you been watching us this whole time and not understood a goddamn thing? Friendship is our bond, and you're our friend now, so you're coming with us. don't worry, you're a freak just like the rest of us, and, like, puts the cloak on her, and I was like, yes. It's very good. I actually put Black Clover very high this week. I have Chainsaw Man at number nine. I like the weird chainsaw passing. It's not just the passing, it's the that it's a misdirection. And that Denji specifically quotes his master from the training. Yeah. I'm, like, it all comes back and no, it loops together, which is not something you can usually expect of Chainsaw Man. That was that was good. I would have liked that, though, instead of it being a passing strike with the guy having broken his, like, standing over him. And Denji being like, thank you for focusing on my head and then having the leg start cutting up through the guy. Like, that would have been... It was just the fact that it was a passing strike with the chainsaw that's what bothered me not the execution of it the fact that it existed <laughs> i mean this this series is a lot different things than that yeah but it it's still for whatever reason that bothered me okay what do you have at number eight i have we never learned at number eight <laughs> okay i have demon slayer at number eight mostly because of that last panel yeah um, i did like the chapter it's but it's just more Demon Slayer, which isn't a bad thing at all. But it's not a high point for the series. The 
like I said, the last panel is the most confusing panel in Demon Slayer, which is like to its credit. I mean, it only stands out because usually Demon Slayer is so clear. Yep. I put Promise Neverland at number seven. I don't know why. Okay, I put We Never Learn at number seven, because I enjoyed it, and everything above it, like, I really genuinely enjoyed. That's kind of where my cutoff is. Promise Neverland should have been dropped a lot more, and you're right, Black Clover probably should have been a bit higher. I I think it was because I read it, like, a day or two ago, and then did my ranking today when I finally finished reading the chapters. That so happens that might to me sometimes, too, yep. when I take a break between. Yeah, and I, like, forget, oh, yeah, I really chapters. liked that aspect until I remembered literally talking about it, so. Fair enough. So my number six was Act Age. I thought this was really cool. I really like the setup. I like the stuff with, oh, what's Ogami going to do? Because it's true. He's like, I've only ever played myself. But the when you're playing the Monkey King, there has to be a bit where you are dressed up as the Ox King. So you are a person playing the Monkey King, pretending to be the Ox King. And it's like Ogami shouldn't have the ability to do that, but he's extremely confident with the director, who's getting drunk with him, by the way. Oh, yeah. Although he's not really drinking all that much. He's just, like, downing shots. He's like, um, are you okay? Like, do you need a DD? Yep. I have Samurai 8 at number six. I really like the stuff between Anne and Hachimaru, but the rest of the chapter is just kind of generic setup. I don't particularly like these new characters. They definitely have chan- a chance to grow on me. I don't know. I really like Tachimaru at first either. Gotcha. Um, but they didn't do anything for me. I do like the like making shonen gravity a literal concept in the world. Yep. I mean, Hachimaru, I don't know if this is actually a problem, but he shares a ton of similarities with Naruto. And so just kind of codifying some of those things as the way the universe works yep. kind of helps put a little bit of a lampshade on that. Yeah. So I have Mission Yozakura Family at number five. I just, I really like this chapter. I thought it was fun and funny. I like, you know, of course he goes through the traps and I liked how he was like secretly getting help from some of the other family members to hide it from the girl. I forget her name. I also like that the Buckethead guy is the doctor. <laughs> I, we didn't know that the earlier chapters, but I think it's pretty great that like he's the family doctor. I think one of my problems with the series is that it threw so many characters at us in the first chapter. And I think it's gonna go through and do a chapter for each one, but yeah, well, that like, they're already here, like it just they feel super bare bones because none of them have had time to do anything. Yet. Yeah, the it, a very similar thing happened in Agami Hill, where you're introduced to like all of the assassins at once, and then they kind of like work their way through them while all of them still being there. And I think it worked out pretty well. So, like, this chapter was focused a lot on the girl. Well, I mean, it was mainly focused on the main character, but she was the one kind of, like, helping him through it. And I really liked how she was like, here, here's a book on code breaking. You can't shortcut everything. Because that was the one thing he was having trouble with. Yeah. And I like that she's like, has pictures of her and uh, his new wife when they were little in yep. there. It's cute. Yep. I have Dr. Stone at number five. I just am real excited for the next chapter of Dr. Stone with everything they were setting up. Yep. It did its job. I have Demon Slayer at number four. I think because I was a lot, I had a lot less ambiguity on what the ending of the the last page was. Like, I was like, oh, he's like hesitating because he doesn't want to kill the mist pillar. You know, he's like, I know that like this was the plan, but like I've, I'm having that hesitation. So I'm like, I'm interested to see what the cliffhanger is going to resolve itself as I didn't have a thought of like, oh, he fired a shot and then it got deflected kind of thing. Yeah, that's just what it looked like to me with the staging. Yeah, and I could see that being very confusing. But the main reason I didn't think it was that he had fired a shot was there wasn't any kind of like muzzle flash or expulsion of gas or anything. I think like to me, it looked like he was like, hit. Yeah, I've never seen a gunfire in Demon Slayer before, so I didn't know to expect anything like that. So, but I can see what you mean. There yeah. would be probably a panel of bang at least. Yep, or some you know a beat panel. Uh, with, yeah, a beat panel firing. of bang, or maybe not even the well, or like just like all black except the gun. Like you know, I bang. I was being kind of facetious yes, I, I get that. that. But yeah, I I did really like the chapter. I also like the blind guy realizing that he can see in his quote unquote last minutes of life. I have Yui Kamiyo at number four, because I honestly really liked this chapter of Yui Kamiyo. I think the themes were on point, and the emotional stuff worked. I really like that, like I said last week, Kito gets to contribute to the victory of the story. Yeah. I really like the, like, duet, and, like, how wh- how and why that ruins her powers, but also, like, what he's trying to accomplish long-term. 
it is like you said a little inconsistent with earlier stuff where like Kito was kind of oblivious to girls even though he was dating them all but now he's like almost using his like Joey Tribbiani uh knowledge of what girls want to defeat them yeah in this I, I don't know like the harem collection aspect is kind of dumb but I also like kind of like this specific iteration of it too yeah I just really thought it worked this is probably my favorite chapter of Yui Kamiya, which, like, if the series is this from now on, I will be pretty happy with it. Yeah, and if it does, maybe I'll start liking it more. I think some of the other stuff that I was talking about, like the whole, oh, Yui's Mushi, or, like, Mushi are controlled by impulses. Yeah, and I, so... I really like that stuff, too. Like, that, like, Yui is an exception to the rule of normal Mushi. And, like, I, we, I talked early on about how I feel like it was missing the metaphor. But, like, this kind of fixes it because it makes Yui and White a metaphor for repression and, like, how that's a bad thing. And I think it really fixes some of the problems Yui Kimio had at the start. Yeah. I think it causes a bunch. Well, not, like, problems, but it just has me going, like, okay, so, you know, she goes through this whole explanation of, like, I need to kill her. It's like, well, I mean, you could just have Yui and Black run around all the time. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fine? Yeah, but I don't think Kito wants that, and like Yui and no. White is kind of a person, but also Yui and White seems to kind of want that. So I just think it's an interesting yeah. dynamic. Also, they're going to have a cool violinist girl in their party to, I don't know, exposit. It does seem like the bigger the harem gets, the more like the less focused it's going to be, and that's not necessarily great. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes going forward. Yep. I have Hell's Paradise at number three. I just thought it was really cool, the whole kind of like explaining the science behind what they were doing with using all their flashy techniques. Like, oh, we and we got you to enter this trance state where you weren't focusing on what we were doing because you were super interested in looking at our techniques. And some, you know, some of the techniques looks really cool. Like I loved the one that was like uh, killer confection or something like that. And it was the ninja girl who looked like she had like gum or something coming out of her. She was like holding onto her teeth and had it going out to her hands. I was like, oh, that looks... That looks like a silly ninja technique. Like, I have invented killer cotton candy. <laughs> How very Batman 66 of you. Yes. I have Black Clover at number three. I really like the, particularly the cloak scene you were talking about. Yeah. And a bunch of the stuff there. And also, it's pretty elegant setup. I'm pretty excited for the next arc. Also, that's barely any fighting. And that's what I like in Black Clover. More Noel, less fighting, please. <laughs> yep. So I have Samurai 8 at number two. Like I said when I was talking about it, I really liked the Anne and Hachimaru jokes. Just mainly their interaction is what really drove it. I also liked the uh, scientifically explaining the shonen gravity powers and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, people are just like kind of going to flock to you, but it's actually because it's basically a law of the universe. It's just physics that uh, side characters are attracted to shonen protagonists. <laughs> yep. So I thought that was pretty neat. So that's why I went up there. I have Act Agent number two. I really like the Arya and Momoshiro stuff in particular. Yeah. But then the director at the bar stuff, like every scene pretty much worked. Yeah. yeah it was really good. So I have my hero num- number one. So do I, which is kind of disappointing because I feel like it's almost there by default because not a lot happens in this chapter. The airy stuff is really cute and like the cliffhanger is mega exciting. Yes. And th- there's some good Bakuga stuff in there with him, but flashbacks to best genus. But yep. there's just not a whole lot actually going on in the chapter. No, but I think it was a very good My Hero joke chapter. Not joke chapter, but more comedy central centralized chapter where we have the bit where it's like All Might forgot that it was Christmas and, you know. Everybody's in Santa suits. Everybody's because, in Santa suits. Oh, what's his name? Wants to draw some girls in Santa suits. Yep. You know, the the airy bits were just adorable, and like you said, the cliffhanger to like, oh, well, why don't you guys come hang out with my dad? It's like, all right, yeah. Yeah, that I'm excited for. Yep. And that's what, like, catapulted it up there. But, like, at the same time, I was really expecting something to be better. But I wanted to see Midoriya and Endeavor hang out, because that's fire and Midoriya. Yes. (laughs) Oh, maybe he'll learn some good lessons from Midoriya. Maybe. Or maybe he'll see Bakugo and be like, oh no, is that what I was like? <laughs> that would be pretty great, because he already has learned some good lessons from Midoriya. Yeah, that's true. 
Although I guess Bakugo has also learned some good lessons from Adorias, so yep. maybe they'll just be cool bro friends. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for the next arc of My Hero, at the very least. But that about does it for Shonen Jump in nearly record time. So we will be back after the break with One Punch Man Volume 2. One Punch! So we read One Punch Van Volume 2 this week, because Kevin wanted to, basically. It's interesting how this is basically all one episode in the anime. That's not quite true. It's like an episode and a half, about. Kind of two episodes, because the whole House of Evolution is one episode. So like a bit of the last volume, and then... Yeah, for whatever reason, I completely forgot the Supersonica stuff within this manga, and I read it less than an hour ago. And it's speed of sound Sonic. Yes. Super Sonic. Yeah. So you're I mean, right. listen, there's a bit where Saitama can't remember the dude's name and it's hilarious, but. Two and a half episodes, I guess, because it's also like got the setup for the next. What's going to be an arc in the manga, but was basically an episode in the anime. Yep. And I think that just comes down to One Punch Man is so action focused that yep. and action takes a tremendous amount of time in manga yep. and almost zero time in anime. Yeah, like the fight between Sonic and Saitama takes an entire chapter and it's like a minute in the anime episode. Yeah. And again, the reason you're reading One Punch Man is for the art. Some of the speed lines in particular on Sonic as he's dashing around Saitama are just like, of course you've seen speed lines before, but these are next level. This is like top tier comic making. Yeah, it was I really liked, especially I think it's chapter 15 yeah, with it's just like full color page or it's like full page spread, full page spread, full page spread of like speed lines around Saitama uh, to show the fact that Sonic can't be seen or like normal people can't see him. It's a great scene in the anime, too, where he's like dashing all around him like you can't keep up with me at all. And we have this instance of Saitama's face like blurring as it goes into him looking at him like, can I go now? Because like he's been able to track him the whole time. Which was also something subtle in all of the shots where Sonic was behind him. Saitama's eyes were still kind of like pointed in the direction of wherever Sonic was at the given moment. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the art in One Punch Man, like you can't take anything away from it. Yep. There's also the, it's not Killer Kabuto, what's his name? Carnage Kabuto. Carnage Kabuto, which is like, I want to say the first joke fight in One Punch Man, but it's the first with any buildup, right? Yeah. It's the, oh no, I've made a mistake. Yep. The grocery sale was today. Yeah. While he's getting the shit kicked out of him. But, like, the scenes of him getting the shit kicked out of him look amazing. Carnage Kabuto yep. looks amazing. Yeah. And that is that is one of the reasons that I really like reading One Punch Man is Murata is so good at drawing. It's like, wow, this looks really cool. But I still like the... We're starting to establish... Uh, we established it the first time, but we're starting to establish that whenever Genos and Saitama fight somebody, Genos gets all of, he's like, don't worry, master, I shall defeat them. And he starts to fight them and then lose horribly. And Saitama's like, all right, I'll take care of this. But also Genos still is doing a just tremendous amount of collateral damage and is yep. clearly incredibly powerful in his own right. Yeah, it just, he's kind of, he's the stick to show how powerful this dude is. And then they get slapped with Saitama to be like, that's how ridiculously powerful Saitama is. This guy that, which we didn't find out in this chapter, but Genos is legitimately an S-ranked hero, and he is actually at, like, that strength level, but because he hangs around with Saitama, he constantly fights dudes that Saitama does, and he's like, don't worry, I shall take this guy on, and Saitama's just like, I'll just kill him in one punch, like I always do. Yeah, it's a good setup, but it also is predictable. I think a lot of it is just these jokes don't land nearly as well the second time, and I yeah. watch the anime. And also, if you're not interested in the joke, I think it kind of falls apart. Yeah. Well, and like I've said earlier, it does start stop being that joke every like. Well, it has the- to, but uh, I'm, I mean, two volumes in is not like so soon that you have to already. Yeah. And we're already getting set up at the end. They introduce the idea of the hero association. Yep. 
But at the end of the day, this isn't typical shonen manga, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But yep. like when Saitama has a fight that works like a typical shonen anime fight, that's when the series kind of loses its hook. And yep. so it's got to do other things. So it just kind of is forced to go to the side characters for that. Yeah. Well, and like I've said before, I really like a lot of the side characters. I really like Sonic. I think he's a very funny villain. And I like how he is the... There was a translation thing in this that I think the anime did a lot better where Saitama's like, don't lie. You just want to show off your cool new moves. I can tell by that fun smile on your face. And he's got this like horrific, evil, like, I'm going to murder you grin on his face. And in the translation, they said, I could tell from the evil grin on your face. I was like, ah, like, I liked the... Like Saitama's seeming like he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he's like, oh, come on, you just want to show off your new move. I can tell you're smiling. <laughs> Instead of, like, Sonic look, oh, looking like a serial killer. Yeah. Well, he's like, I can't kill you. Saitama's like, you want to kill me. Well, this wasn't even that. He was like, you want to show off your new moves. Like, he's just totally not aware of what's going on. I mean, the art is really, like I said, really the draw. If you're reading One Punch Man for the art, you should keep doing that because it's really good. And if the joke works for you, you should also continue with that. Like I said, I really enjoyed the first season of the anime because I do feel like it was the anime equivalent. The animation in that was... was the- Incredible. Well, similar to what we say about Demon Slayer, it wasn't the same as the art in the manga. No. But it was on the same level as the art in the manga. Yeah. So, I also really like the side characters. We get a lot more, well, not a lot more of Genos, but we get a bit more of Genos in this one, because he's now, we get the duo of Genos and Saitama. We get to see how their dynamic works yep. more, but like I said, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's tropey, because that's not quite what I mean, but they fall very quickly, quickly into like a straight man and funny guy role, Yep. including in the fights where Genos like gets the crap kicked out of him. He's not really a Krillin equivalent. I'm trying to think of a similar character because I'm. I guess he's kind of the Yamcha in a lot of ways, like early Dragon Ball Yamcha more yeah. than Dragon Ball Z Yamcha, where Yamcha just doesn't get to do anything. But like he, his job is to job for Saitama in yep. a lot of ways, and like to do it in funny ways where he like is destroying the scenery and he's super serious and edgy. Yeah, um, I think Genesis is the character we're going to rank this week most likely. He's the one who makes by far the most sense to me. So Yep, I had a thought, but we can talk about it when we get there. Okay. If there's something else you want to do, we can certainly talk about that thought. But like we we see more of that. We see what an arc of One Punch Man looks like because there are two of them in this volume. Yep. And then we get the start of the next arc, which is expanding the world, which is really what One Punch Man needs at this point. Yeah. Because even if you're enjoying the joke, I think it would get stale if it didn't move on in some ways. Yep. I also like a lot of the tie-ins to, like, how ridiculously powerful Saitama is. So Saitama actually was basically the reason that the Hero Association was created, because he saved, so in his origin story, the kid he saved was the child of the guy who eventually ended up creating the Hero Association, which is something I thought that was really cool that, like, they never touch on again. It's just kind of a fun thing of, like, oh yeah, Saitama was the reason the Hero found... Uh, association was founded in the first place like he was the dude who saved that kid and tons of other stuff like that like there's uh, a character king who i i freaking love king i really like a lot of the characters in one punch man and so getting introduced to sonic in this one was great also it's where the joke about how saitama got his powers come from and like it's easy to skip over that because it's such a meme like it's an actual workout yeah. to a degree but it is a good joke yeah well and Apparently in the webcomic, they way down the line start kind of expanding on it a little more because everyone is like, that's just strength training, not ridiculous strength training. Well, I think like it's supposed to be a joke, but yes. the, the way Genesis reacts is also clear you're supposed to take it with not a grain of salt, but Saitama doesn't know either is what yep. you're supposed to yes. take from that. When he was like, well, but that's all I did. and But you're not supposed to think Saitama's lying, I don't think. No, you're, you are not. So it's Saitama's going like, so I did this workout routine, and everyone being like, "It's not even that difficult of a workout routine." When it, in all actuality, it's like, "No, that's a that's a pretty difficult workout routine." I mean, it is, but it's not like a Hollywood actor. Like, no, it's not a Chris Evans worthy. No, uh, you're, you're not going to get Chris Evans strong on that, let alone The Rock strong. So no. you're not going to get Saitama strong. Definitely, there's no hyperbolic time chamber. There's no weighted training. Yep. Yeah. So. There is a bit of, you know, like, oh, I was a bit more fun the first time around, but it's still fun for me going back and reading this stuff. And like you said, at this point, it's like going back and appreciating the art a whole lot more. 
Yeah, I mean, because that's unimpeachable. Even if you don't think the jokes land. Like, yep. the art is so clear. Like, it's better than Demon Slayer in a lot of ways. But I think they're actually very comparable. Yeah, Demon Slayer tends to focus on a different kind of action scene, whereas Murata is a lot more, it's that, like, still frame, or, you know, it's two-page splashes, that still frame that's, like, hyper-detailed. As opposed to Demon Slayer is a lot more artistic and flowy, it, motiony, flowy, and more art- artistic. <laughs> yeah, is the like it's more like a painting. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about One Punch Man? This is your thing. <laughs> yep. Like I said, I I really like One Punch Man. I liked reading Volume Two. I like reading the current chapters. I really like a lot of the side characters. Like One Punch Man is the manga where. I think there's been a time where like Satama doesn't show up for quite a long time, and I didn't care. Like I, I mean, was. That's how Dragon Ball is with Goku to me too. Yep. They're compared a lot for a reason, even though I don't think they're actually the most similar characters. But Saitama's got a lot of Goku parody in him. Yep. So, like, but it's like just removing him makes a lot of sense in the same way that the early bits of the Namek saga are great when it's Vegeta, Krillin, and Gohan. Yep. And like, it's cool when Goku shows up because he's been gone so long you miss him. But yep. It works just fine without him. Yeah. So, that's something I like about One Punch Man. And we will, if we start doing Volume 3s, I will probably call it again because it is one of my favorite manga to read. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do One Piece Volume 3 for sure. we yep. got to figure out how we're going to repeat stuff going forward. Because talking about Volume 2s is a lot harder than talking about Volume 1s. Yep. Because a, a lot of times, stuff stays good. Yep. I mean, it might be interesting to go to something like Yu Yu Hakusho, but even then, it doesn't have its, like, Yu Yu Hakusho and Yu-Gi-Oh don't have their big flips in their volume twos, so. Yeah. Even series that get better later or get drastically different, it's usually not that quick. Although Dragon Ball Volume 3 is about when it goes into the martial arts stuff, so. Yeah. We'll see. I think that brings us to Personality Parallel, though. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Parallel is a segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst, at the top is Uzumaki Naruto, another character who just vanishes from his series sometimes for long stretches of time. Yep. So it can be about Sasuke or Shikamaru or whoever. Yep. The bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center is Asta from Black Clover. I want to do Genos. He's who makes the most sense to me, but you said you had a thought. So I had a thought. thought. So since we did Buggy for Volume 2 of One Piece, I thought it might be fun to do villains for... All the volume, uh, all the volume twos for this month specifically, not all volume twos, because obviously we did Bulma for volume two. Yeah, but I thought it it might be fun to try and do villains for this month. So who do we take then? Do we take? I don't really want to do a Sonico just because this is the only like content with him in it. I'm really familiar with. Like I know he shows up later, but he's. He shows up two other times in the anime. Yeah, but like, I guess he shows up in the Deep Sea King saga, but he doesn't really do anything. Like, he hasn't left much impression on me, I guess. If you want to do him, we can do him. I just, I would argue for him going lower. But then the other villains in this are, I don't want to say nothing villains. They're, I'm, Sonic's one of the few returning villains. Gotcha. I guess let's put him on there then. I just feel like I don't have much grasp on him. I don't, I don't feel like I don't dislike him. Like, we got to start with Saitama, right? Yeah. I think he's probably a bit better than Saitama because Saitama's limited in a lot of ways, like we talked about. Yeah. But if we're going at the other only other villain on the list, I don't think I like him as much as Buggy, personally. No, I don't like him as much as Buggy, either. But I do really like Sonic, mainly because it's just kind of the joke of, like, here's another hyper-competent person who... He's one of the few people in the world who has recognized Saitama's strength. And he's the only person who's willing to try and fight against him. And it's really interesting, because almost everyone who meets Saitama doesn't want to fight him but sonic is kind of the person who's like nope i need to like train harder i need to be the best and this guy is the best yeah so i need to beat him like i really like that aspect of him and usually i really like the way satama ends up beating him whenever they have a clash like there's a great bit i think it's in the next volume which is still one of my favorite sequences in the anime where satama bites sonic's sword in half (laughs) it's so good especially with sonic being like I didn't see what happened, but I was slashing at his head. Why is my sword broken? Almost dead center between Buggy and Saitama, we have Ichigo from Bleach, who's a pretty common measuring stick. Yeah. 
I think I like Ichigo more, but you're both familiar with both characters, so I think I have to see DU. I could put Ichigo above him. Again, the the main reason I wanted to do Sonic on here was because of the let's do villains for this month. And it's not like, oh, he's my favorite villain, but he I do like the fact that he's a recurring villain for Saitama, and he tends to he's the only person he's not the only person, but he's now, actually, I think he is the only person who has recognized the time of strength and is willing to try and fight him. Like, almost everyone else is like, nope, I never want to mess with that guy again, or they underestimate him, or they're a monster and he kills him in a single punch. Or they're basically his sidekick. Yes. Or they become his sidekick. Like, it's the, I never want to fight this guy again, I want to be his friend, or, like, I at least don't want to piss him off because he's so ridiculously powerful. A little below Ichigo, we have Eren from Attack on Titan. How do you think that comparison works out? Again, more seating to you. You're familiar yep. with more familiar with both characters. I like Sonic because of the joke aspect of him, and he's a lot less whiny than Eren. Okay, so you're saying Sonic over Eren? Sure. So the only character left is Sena from iShield 21. I feel uh, like you're going to go to Sonic just out of familiarity. <laughs> I it, Not necessarily. I actually did kind of like... Sane a lot for even though we only read him for the one volume. It's also funny that we're comparing the two of them when they're both, both very fast get boys who are drawn by Murata. <laughs> Fair, but I think Sonic is kind of like just a joke that comes back up again and again. And he's he's to me he's always funny when he comes back up. It's like oh yeah, Sonic's gonna show up. What's he gonna do? Like how's he? You know, it's like Team Rocket. Like how are they gonna try and fail this time? Yeah, although like I feel like Sonic could fight a villain. And that would be fine. Like, that's not really the way One Punch Man works. But I could... if he, no, he has done it before. Like, he fights against the Sea King. Yeah. But um, I, I was going to say, but he gets his ass kicked like everybody else. No, um, he doesn't. Does he not? I thought he... No. I guess it's been a while since I watched um, that anime. He... So he broke out of... He followed Puri Puri Prisoner out of prison. And so he doesn't have any of his weapons. So he's fighting the Sea King. And he's starting to lose. And he's like, well, I need, like, my ninja tools and swords and stuff. Because I can't hurt this guy by kicking him because he's so much stronger than me. But I'm still way faster than him. So he ends up, he's like, I'll come back and get all my stuff and fight you. And then he shows back up at the end of the arc and is like, oh, he's dead. I was going to say, I could see Sonic like in like a One Piece fashion, though. If there was a group of villains, he could fight uh, one of them. But that's what I was saying. Yes. One Punch Man doesn't really work that way. Not, not really. Most of the villains end up dying, which is kind of what makes Sonic special, is that... He hasn't, or he, they either die or become, actually, no, I think that they, they all just die, or there's a couple of them like Hammerhead from this volume and like Armored Gorilla just become like regular citizens when they realize like, oh, maybe like this guy's ridiculously powerful. Maybe strength wasn't the way to go. Maybe I should, like Hammerhead was like, I just didn't want a job. <laughs> and so Tom was like, go get a job. He's like, okay. And he like, he goes and gets a job. Uh, not maybe Saitama is not the person who should be telling him that, but it's yeah. That's what's kind of funny about it. But there's a there's a lot of sequences with Saitama having like extremely motivational and good advice to people that he doesn't follow himself, which is kind of funny. So Sonic Speed of Sound is going to go at number twenty eight above Aaron Yeager and below Sana. That is his full name, right? Speed of Sound Sonic. Speed of Sound Sonic. I thought okay, I will fix it. Fastest hedgehog around. So thank you for listening. Next week, we are going to continue reading stuff I want to read volume twos of, and we're going to read Sailor Moon volume two, because I'm basically the same person as when we started this podcast. Yep. Uh, Queen Barrel is going to be interesting to rank. I don't know. I think she might die in volume two, though, so maybe we'll get to see all everything that's going on with her. Maybe. Until then, our opening theme was Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emmerich. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. If you want to help us out, we would really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. I don't think we have any. And if you gave us one, that would be great. We'd give you a shout-out. Anything you want to plug, Kevin? Not this week. All right. Have a good week. We'll see you next week.
insinuation It's gotta stop